Welcome to the Teaching Middle School ELA Podcast. We're your hosts, Caitlin Mitchell and Jessica Kanata. If you're looking for ways to bring rigor and engagement to your middle school ELA classroom without sacrificing your nights and weekends, then this podcast is for you. Our goal is to provide you with your weekly dose of tips, tools, and inspiration so you can actually enjoy teaching again. We'll help you bring the fun and creativity to your ELA lessons so that your students master the standards and you can leave school when the bell rings. Get ready to be that teacher you've always wanted to be to do great work and thrive. All right, we are excited to dive into this week's episode as we approach the end of the year, which I am sure you are thinking to yourself, thank goodness, <laughs> right? The end of the year is upon us, just a couple more weeks left. And we're excited about this particular activity because it really is a fun end of the year activity that you're going to want to do with your students. It's super cute, but it's also academic for students. Jessica's going to explain the whole activity to you guys. Um, and I think it's really great because it is that time of year when you and your students are both counting down the days until summer break, you know, like everyone's chomping at the bit, can't wait to get out of the classroom, but we also, we, you still need to keep your students engaged, right? We still need to keep them engaged in their learning. And it can be super challenging this time of year. It's nice outside. Summer plans are in mind. They know what they're doing. They want to hang out with their friends, as do you, right? As a teacher, I remember that as for myself as well. Um, So this is a great ELA activity to have in place. It's going to get your students excited about the books that they're reading. It's a quick, easy thing for you to grade which is huge because no teacher wants to grade a ton of stuff at the end of the school year. And the whole class gets to be engaged in creating a really fun end of the year experience. It's about creating like a special moment with your students before you guys head out for the summer and kind of have say your goodbyes at the end of the year. And that is this activity is called a literature parade. So a literature parade, it's one of the most effective and really fun reading projects that you will ever do with your students. We're super excited to share about it with you guys today. And if you are an EB teachers club member and you're listening to this podcast episode, when it airs, the literature parade is going to be added into our EB teachers club tomorrow on April 27th. And if you're listening to this on the day that it airs, make sure that you mark that down on your calendar and you go downline download this. All right, Jess, you want to dive in and tell us all about it? Yes. So I actually want to give some background first of how this like idea came to be. So, um, as many of you may know, I used to teach fifth grade. And if you know, the fifth grade social studies standards, that's when they study their states and capitals in the U S they need to know, you know, different facts about their states. So that can get really dry. It's just memorizing a lot of stuff. So instead I came up with this lesson to do with my students where we did a float parade. So basically Each of my fifth graders picked a state and then they made a float. So they wrote a description of their state. They had created this, you know, cardboard float and they literally did a parade route around our auditorium at the school. And we had announcers and they would say things, you know, like here comes Hawaii, the Aloha state led by Alyssa. Notice the yellow hibiscus flower on the front, which is also the state flower. And it was so much Fun. And so we'd invite the entire school to come watch. We'd play patriotic music. I had um, a buddy class with my friend, Kristen. She taught first grade. And so the first graders made all the state flags for my students and they waved them as they walked by. And it was just so much fun to do at the end of the year. And I don't know if Caitlin, do you remember coming to this when you taught 
Seventh yeah, grade. absolutely. And I even remember putting the pictures in the yearbook because I was in charge of oh yearbook gosh, and I yes. was like, these are the best photos for the yearbook. Thank goodness Jessica's boss <laughs> did this. So we had something interesting to add. <laughs> well, and I love it because I'm sure just like, you know, me at the end of the year searching for activities to do, you're also searching. And so here it was like, great. I get to bring my class to this event for 40 minutes and I can fill up some class time and they're still learning something. So it's just like a nice win for all the teachers. And what I love is that students got so creative, right? They just use shoe boxes or Amazon boxes, but, um, they'd attach it to like skateboards or, uh, roller skates or put little cars on the bottom of them. So they could drag it around the auditorium. And it was just so much fun. So I thought, okay, this would be a really fun activity to do in ELA. And instead of a state float parade, we can do a literature parade. And so I talked with Pat, our curriculum writer, and we came up with this activity for all of you. And it's really, really fun. Picture it as like a book report that students actually want to do. So it's a bonus, right? They're having fun. They're learning. And it's just perfect, like Caitlin said earlier, for the end of the year. Because it can be hard to engage them and fill up that class time. And so this like solves all your problems. So we are going to walk you through this activity to do with your students and EB Teachers Club members. Caitlin already told you it'll be available for you soon. And you can save all the time. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. But if you do want to create this on your own, we'll make sure that we walk you through all the details. So some things to consider. If you're like, this sounds fun. I want to do a literature parade with my students. You have to kind of prep it a bit in advance because basically your students are going to be doing their parade float for an independent book of their choice. So you want to get them thinking about the book that they're going to read. Are they going to get to choose the book? Are you going to give them a list of books that you've approved? Are you going to have, you know, a certain genre that you want them to focus on? So you want to think about that in advance and decide how students will read this book. Are they doing it completely at home during class time, a combination of both? So you want to kind of come up with a reading timeline for them and a deadline when they have to have completed their reading because they need to do that in order to then start the actual activity of the literature parade. So think about when you will assign the students their books and their reading deadlines. And then when students actually finish and go work on their parade, are you going to let them do that in class or do they have to create their float at home? So just some things to think about. One other little logistical thing is you want to think about where are you going to have your parade? So at the school, Caitlin and I were at together, we had this auditorium and it was great. So that's where we did it. But if your school has a gym, that's another great option. You could do this outdoors. You could do it in a hallway, a, um, a cafeteria, excuse me. So lots of different options, but you do want a bigger space because you are going to be inviting people to come watch the parade. It's definitely not as fun if your class does it and there's no one watching, like you want the excitement and the hype. So secure your location in advance. And maybe even have a, a backup location in mind if you are doing it outside. I know like San Francisco in June or May, it's cold and it's drizzly. And so if I were to try this outside, like it probably wouldn't go over well. All right. So that's just some stuff to think about beforehand. Now let's talk about the actual literature parade. So students have read their books, right? And you want to set them up to create an awesome flow. You don't want to just say, okay, you know, describe your book on a a piece of cardboard. That's boring. So you want to give them some things to focus on while they read. So in our project, we have them focus on internal and external conflicts some characterization. They're looking for evidence. They're justifying. So we're giving them specific areas to focus on as they read, and then they have to incorporate that onto their float. Okay, and Jessica, in the, in the thing that we provide in our EB Teachers Club, mm -hmm. the resource, 
will it have like a whole organizer of all these different things for them? Absolutely. Okay, perfect. Yes. So it's literally a graphic organizer and student. Well, I should even go back further. We first review with students, like what is internal conflict? What is external conflict? Then they have a graphic organizer they fill out. And then I'll get into this later on, but we give them a template to actually write their script. So it's very structured because this could, you know, go off on a tangent with students and you have a really long parade and we don't want that. And you also want to make sure it's standards aligned. And this is great because it's going to spiral review essentially all of the concepts that they've learned throughout the school year, like a nice final project at the end of the year. Yeah. Yeah. Because we can't just have fun, right? We got to keep it rigorous too. Yeah, Yeah, we do. Absolutely. We get to do both. So imagine students have read their book, they've completed that graphic organizer, and it's time to create the float itself. So again, you'll have to decide, are you doing this in class, which is really fun or at home or both. And you want to encourage creativity here. So with my students, I said, you know, yes, you can use a cereal box, a shoe box, Amazon boxes, whatever it is, but you don't want to just glue some pictures on there that we can hardly see from a parade, you know, for the audience in the parade. So you can get creative. I had this one student, Jesse, I know Caitlin knows her as well. I mean, just rock star student. And I still remember this years later, she's in college now, but she had New York for her float when we were doing the state project. And she took a bunch of different boxes and put them one on top of the other and then wrapped them in um, yellow construction paper. And she made the Empire State Building for her float. And it was so cool because it was much bigger. It was like very obvious what her state was. So you want to encourage students, like how can they think outside the box literally and come (laughs) up with a more creative approach to their float? So there's so many possibilities for them. And I'm sure you'll see lots of, um, creative floats if you encourage that in your students. So basically students create their float And then they need to come up with a description for their float. So I mentioned this earlier that there would be a script, right? Because you are going to have announcers announcing, you know, here comes Caitlin with the giver and, you know, describing the book that she read and describing her float. So you want students to fill out a template. Think of this as like a Mad Lib style organizer. And again, this is in the resource in our EB Teachers Club, but it might say things like, This float by blank, put your name here, features the novel blank by blank, put the author here. And so we're literally directing students what to write in their templates so that each description is only about one to two minutes. It just keeps the parade moving and keeps it focused on the information they had to find in their graphic organizer. So it's describing the internal conflict or it's showcasing a symbol or whatever that may be. So they've built their float, they've written their description and filled out their template. Then you can pick, you know, two students who are really good speakers to be your announcers. I always had a microphone and they would just read the different descriptions as their classmates paraded by in a circle. And so it's time for the actual parade, right? And you really want to hype up the excitement here. And so we include this in our EB resource, but we have an invitation you can send out to teachers or parents or other classes. We have posters you can hang around school. So if you're creating this on your own or you're getting inspired right now, think about what you can do to really build anticipation that day, because it just makes it that much more fun. So it's the actual day of the parade. You want to have your students get to your location a little bit in advance so you can get them all lined up, maybe practice a few more times because once the audience comes in, you know, they're ready to go and you want your announcers to just start in on the actual descriptions. So it's so much fun. I'm telling you, those other classes are going to be clapping and cheering on the, your students. And it's just exciting. 
And if you think about, you know, if you've ever been to a 4th of July parade in your town or anything, what else is there? There's maybe banners or popcorn or other things like that to hype up the excitement. Those are all things you can do, right? It's the end of the year. Why not have a lot of fun with your students? Have students bring in those snacks if you're able to, or make some extra decorations. And you're just going to really engage your whole school community while still having a rigorous standards aligned lesson. There I you love it. this so much. And you explained it so well. I can, I could easily go take that and do that in my classroom. So I thank you it. for explaining it so thoroughly. And I think too, I'm reading this book that I shared with you and the team yesterday mm-hmm. called the power of moments. And I think that this is one of those like moments for students that we get to create as teachers in such an easy way for us. And I love what you said that it's not a ton of grading. It's still super engaging for students. It's also highly rigorous in meaning like you've still got to make sure that your standards aligned, you have clear expectations and all of that stuff is set forth for your kids because think about it. It's the end of the year. And normally we remember the things that kind of happen at the end of something. And here we get to create this powerful moment, this powerful experience for them that they're going to look back and be like, Oh yeah, I totally remember that literature thing that we did where we decorated boxes. You know, they won't remember exactly what it was, but Mm -hmm. it'll be one of those things that they remember for the rest of their lives. So I think that is such a great end of the year activity, keeping with the rigor, still having fun. And if you do this with your students, please tag us on Instagram at EB academics. We would love to see any pictures that you have. And if you're an EB teacher, definitely share it in the Facebook group, but also tag us on Instagram so that we can share it out with other teachers on social media as well. And just share the inspiration all around as we head into the end of the school year. So with that being said, hope you guys enjoy the rest of your week and we will see you next week on the podcast. Bye everybody. Bye everyone.